podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good morning, afternoon and evening everyone. Welcome to the FPL Wire Game Week 2 pod and what a weekend it was. I'm your host Zofa and I'm joined as always by my friend Big Man Bakar. How's it going buddy? Thanks for having me Zof. It feels great uh, to be back after Game Week 1. Uh, so many good scores flying around. Brilliant Game Week for most involved. Uh, very excited to be on board. How did you do? I got exactly 100 points. I got a century. So I'm more than happy with my start. Uh, if you would have offered that to me at the start of the week, I would have bitten your hand off. Even though, uh, I mean, there's so many high score uh, scores uh, flying around that even 100 in, in the Twitter sphere particularly looks to be something which is average. But I think it's a very good start and it, it gives me a solid foundation heading into the new season. Yeah. Definitely. How about yourself? I got 100 points also, but somebody who's winning absolutely from year to year is our friend Late Riser, who's finally had a good start. Much needed one after last year. Tell us about your game week, Ella. I just feel I just feel relief right now because uh, I was dreading game week one. I mean, I was telling you boys, I'm just not confident. You don't you doubt your decision making ability a lot at the start of the season. Uh, thanks to my friend Abdul FPL Salah, I followed going safe the template at the start of the season and it worked out. So happy with the start. Only goes downhill from here, doesn't it? No, no, no. Why? Why do you say that? There's mm-hmm. only there's more hundred ranks, top hundred ranks to come. Right before we get kicked off, let's just do our sponsor plugs. Quick word about our sponsors. Dreamset Go is a global portal for fans to gain access to sporting events around the world. Accommodation, flight tickets, hospitality, stadium visits. Everything can be tailored exactly to your requirements. They also do celebrity experiences which include masterclasses with your favorite sports celebrity or something as simple as birthday shoutouts. You can find links to the products in the description below. They're also tying up with some top-notch Premier League clubs, which we will announce shortly. Also, the uh, FPL wire is uh, associated with Fantasy Football Scout. All the stats that you see on the pod are from the FFS members area. Click on the link in the description below to become a member, and it's totally, totally worth it. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of a price rise soon, so I think you want to get in before that, and make sure you're using the link in the description below because it helps us and because we're partners with Fantasy Football Scout. And uh, also, we've... Uh, also created an FPL wire league. There's going to be lots of prizes. We are in the midst of negotiating some good prizes for you guys. Uh, you should join the league. Uh, the league code is GKTIYM. I was just looking at the league uh, today in the day, and it's a fabulous league. I think uh, in our league, I think about 2,200 or 2,300 people scored a century. That just talks about <laughs> the standard in the league. I think it's uh, sensational. Uh, uh, also, thanks to a few new Patreons that we've had. A uh, shout out to Sachin Rajput, Dr. Dre, and Santa Cruz for subscribing to our Patreon. Uh, we appreciate 
uh, all the support that you give us, uh, if you guys want to support us, uh, just log on to patreon.com forward slash FPL wire. All our content is absolutely free. This is just to support us. All right, let's, let's, let's uh, dive right into it, boys. Then I think the biggest talking point of the weekend was I think the quality of football was just so much better. The quality of the product mm-hmm. that is the Premier League was so much better than what we witnessed last season. And I mean, DCL's interview after uh, the game spoke about it. He felt like he was having, he was making his debut and I think that spoke too much. What do you reckon, Bakar? Yeah, I mean, the quality on show was incredible uh, to, to watch this this weekend and, and so good to see fans back, actually. And like, it just feels, you know, it just feels like, um, it just feels so different. I mean, I had gotten so used to watching, uh, you know, dead stadiums, no atmosphere. I mean, the games are still exciting, but not as exciting. It's nowhere near the level we reach with fans around. Completely different tempo. The midfield aggression, especially in the first game. I couldn't really absorb the Arsenal game as much because it was right after deadline. It felt like we were just... So much was happening. But the Saturday game against Man United really got my juices flowing. That midfield battle, the aggression, you just not see that without fans in the stadium. Right, right. And before we just move into... It's not not just the, the, the fans hands back i mean the quality finishing was sublime to, to to watch it was exceptional this weekend i i tweeted this out on the weekend as well man united chelsea um you know liverpool villa these these teams they scored around 16 goals uh, this this weekend xg was just six so xg went flying out of the window so many so many good finishes so so clinical i mean it was it was very good to watch i agree i agree shout out to karan s who's just given us uh a super chat just to support us and uh, he's uh, congratulating us we appeared made an appearance on the premier league fan zone which, which was a lot of fun got to chat with uh, Leroy Rosener and Jules Bridge so thank you for that Karan and uh, before we move into the game by game what we're going to do is just sit back and talk about the games because there's a lot of things to talk about uh, before we move into that we've got about about 424 people in the live chat thank you we just want to say thank you for joining us I mean we got uh, hit like and subscribe and I mean, uh, want to say thank you because uh, last time around, oh, we, wow, Meer saying we have 1216 people in the chat. That's I a new record, that. boys. Hit like and subscribe. And thank you. That's, that's an all-time record. record. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. And uh, what's what's happened is we got 25,000 views on YouTube and about 8,000 listens on the podcast version. So I think it's, it's it's a record number for us. We appreciate the support. Let's, let's, let's not waste any of our listeners' time and dive right into it. Brentford, Arsenal, Bakar, I'll come to you. What do you make of that game? I had I had Tony heading into this game, so I was watching it uh, primarily from you know uh, uh, his owner's point of view. Unfortunately, he didn't get me much returns, and he was playing slightly deeper with Mwemo getting uh, you know the the majority of the chances, and uh, and he was he looked like the guy to own uh, from Brentford in in game week one. But I mean, it's it's very early to draw conclusions as a Tony owner. I'm I'm very happy to see how Brentford played. The way they pressed was exceptional to see. It was it was very good to watch and and I think they can give um, some of the lesser sides a a run for their money so I mean I'm more than happy holding on to Tony but uh, Boemo uh, for sure caught my eye in this fixture other than that uh, Tierney I noticed he was top among all um, all outfielders for chances created uh, this week with six chances created Arsenal created uh, 10 chances on their left flank as compared to uh, two on the right so that's almost five times uh, their chances came from the left and Tierney, if he keeps himself fit, could be an option going going on later in the season. 
But will they so keep far, reading? anything to add? The thing is, I don't think we can read too much into this game from a Brentford point of view. This is not how they're going to set up versus a lot of the other teams. They're trying to have a lot more of the ball. You won't see Tony, I think, dropping deep as much as we saw. And the inverse of that, you won't be seeing Mbuemo playing that sun role all of the time. So I don't think there's much we can take in from a Brentford perspective. But from an Arsenal perspective, they were just diabolical at both ends of the pitch. That's really not much else to say. I yeah. know we talk about Tierney, but Tierney, until we see some clean sheet prospects, is a concern. And they need to get, let me say this right this time, party. Yeah, not a party this time. They need to get party and Gabriel back for them to yeah. actually... Yeah, they do. The one thing I want to add, though, is and I'm, uh, I'm in agreement with you, Zofia, where, uh, you know, M. Bueno was playing the runner beyond uh, Ivan Tony at the moment and uh, I don't think that's going to be the case in the next couple of games which are slightly easier fixtures on paper for Brentford I think uh, Tony will be slightly more central to it but what what uh, I just want to say with regards to Ivan Tony is that uh, you know I always thought he was going to be sort of like a dropper kind of a player but what I liked about watching Tony and he reminded me of one of my favorite players and that's Dimitar Bobotov those he was he was so aware of the spaces around him, those flicks and tricks. And uh, even all the uh, Brentford players, Brentham players, shout out to FMLFPL, uh, sort of knew the movements of uh, all their other players and they were so aware of each other. It's, it's sort of like a uh, mini Leeds United and uh, I'm very happy to be patient with Ivan Tuvani at the moment. And MBUMO looks like uh, Bumo, as uh, we like to call him, looks like a good, good prospect. So they're a hold. I think most of their assets are a hold. One thing I do want to say, though, is uh, they look like an early team to target for me. I think good sides will mm-hmm. put three, four, five goals past them. Based on what I saw in game week one, I think they're a good team to target for the uh, better teams in the league. Completely agree. Let's move on to your boys, United yeah. Leeds. Why don't you start with this? Yeah, I mean, I'm feeling a little uh, happy right now. I mean, it was a great game. And uh, remember, we were having uh, the same chat last time. This, this this time last week where I was telling you that when we don't have a striker named Cavani, uh, what happens with either Marshall or Greenwood is they tend to trend, drift a little on the wings or drift a little inwards, which creates so much space to, uh, for Bruno to run beyond. And that's what I saw in the Everton game. That's what we spoke about on the pod last week as well. And that's what happened in the game. I thought Greenwood's performance... Yes, yes, Popper was absolutely sensational. He ran the show... Uh, and Bruno was terrific as well. But I think what enabled a lot of this was Mason Greenwood's maturity and the performance that he put in. Because uh, he was, if you think about it, all the five goals that we scored, the runs and the movements that he made, he was involved in all five of them. There's a lot of FPL traffic going to Paul Pogba at the moment. I think one more attacker comes in, somebody like a Jaden Sancho for, uh, I think, Dan James. But... Cavani is going to be fit in a week and then you worry about uh, Pogba playing a little bit deeper. I think because it was Leeds United, uh, Solskjaer decided to play Fred and McTominay in midfield. I don't think that's going to be the case for the kind of opposition that we have in the next four or five game weeks. So if you're spending 7.5 million on a Manchester United asset, Mason Greenwood is the way to go. I totally agree with you on Greenwood. And it's one of the things that stats don't give you a clear picture. You look at his stats from the game, I think it shows one shot in the box and one chance created. You'd think he wasn't really involved much in the play. But that's really not the case. He was fundamental. He was very much the focal point, dropping deep. But on Pogba, I'm not sure exactly I agree with you. Isn't he now the first choice for the left-wing spot now that Rashford is out for a bit? 
I think the conversation is that Ole mentioned and there's a lot of noises in preseason that he was okay. Uh, he doesn't want to play a double pivot in midfield anymore, and I know that he has, he needs those legs against the Leeds United. I don't know if he needs those legs against the Southampton in the next game. So I'm just saying, uh, I mean, I'd, I'd want to maybe wait and watch before jumping in on a Pogba, uh, and uh, I think Greenwood is the better asset at that price. Anything to add, Bakar, on this game? I, I agree, um, more or less. I mean, Greenwood, in my opinion, is, is by far uh, the asset to have over Pogba. I um, this is not the first time that Pogba has been playing on the left. So I've, I I ran into some of the I went through some of the data um, when Pogba started playing on the left last season, and that was six appearances he made uh, after game week 30. So game week 31 onwards, he had uh, six appearances playing on the left, which is the position he's playing in right now, and he had like 10 chances created um, and two big chance involvements. He accumulated three assists, but that is those are not you know two num- that th- those are not numbers which are highly impressive in my opinion. They're nothing to write home about. So when I looked at his numbers against uh, Leeds, um, f- five chances created with an XA of of just 0.49, and despite that he accumulated four assists. So he's massively he overperformed in my opinion. I I think Greenwood is the one to get because he's playing up front. And he honestly, even if you put stats aside, he's such a ridiculous finisher that he he just makes chances look easy. You when you're looking at Greenwood, you don't look at X, you don't look at big chances because it's almost if he can show, score with any any kind of shot he has in the box, such as the uh, such 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 as his uh, short power and such such as his precision. So I think um, he's the one to go for over Pogba. I think we'd all agree all with right. that. I think Greenwood is definitely the. Third, I guess, United player you would get. Let's move on to Burnley, Brighton. No, wait, wait, Anything no, else? no, no, go no. Back, Before go me, back. yeah, lots to talk about. Take it easy. We we've got times off. Uh, but I want there's a super chat in there where Abhishek is complimenting you, Bakar, on your prettiness, and uh, he's asking you who you went for dinner with. He saw your Insta stories. Um, I'm interested in this, Bakar. Uh, I was out with a friend yesterday. Uh, he was treating me for, you know, he became a doctor, so he was treating me for his graduation last night. Nice. I must hope have you been have some... reason to believe me. Yeah, I, I'm sure there must have been some intense <laughs> surgery happening in the night. Uh, <laughs> but what, what I do want to talk about is uh, certain Rafinha and Bamford. And uh, I, why I want to bring yeah. this up, uh, Zoff, is because uh, you've been a little wary about uh, Rafinha and you've been thinking about making that Rafinha to uh, Ben Rama switch. And uh, I, I, I said we'll talk about it in the night and I, I don't think you should do it because uh, it's not the first time we've gotten the better of Leeds United. And uh, Leeds United are going to take this loss on the chin and they're going to do what Leeds United do, which is attack, attack, attack. And uh, they're Pictures are good for the midterm. Rafina, he's he's a glue guy. He's a long-term play. I I I would urge you not to make that switch. That's that's my initial thinking at the moment. I, I think there are two points here we're discussing, uh, Pranil. Firstly, uh, on Rafinha, uh, Zoff's conundrum on Rafinha, uh, selling Rafinha or not. I, I think he was heavily involved. He was very unlucky not to get more returns. Uh, he had he created a big chance from the from the free kick, and then he had uh, a very clear opportunity at the end where he sort of scuffed his one-on-one. I, I, I think he's going to be value at 6.5. I know he's, we're going to come to that later, that he's going to miss game week four most probably. But even for game week two and three, I think he looks good. And I mean, he, he's proven himself in the Premier League. Even this calendar year, in 18 starts, he had 15 big chance involvements, which is frankly ridiculous for someone of his price. 
So I mean, as long as he's playing, you hold him. I I, I don't see any reason to sell him. And secondly, the other thing is there are a lot of people who find themselves in the situation where uh, where they didn't own Bruno and and whether or not they're wondering whether to bring him in. So what would be your advice to to them? Bring in Bruno right uh, away. I agree. Yeah, but Zoff, now that you have Bakker and me convincing you, where are you at on the Rafinha conundrum? I think a lot of it is just FOMO with Ben Rama. You know, I was bringing him up in preseason. We were bringing him up in preseason, and after I saw that Atlanta game, I, I saw very much lot of what I saw in Lingard with Ben Rama. And the thing is, I was can look- I can I narrate the story to the yeah. listeners? I think it's a good story. Go ahead. So, so what happened? What what happened here is that uh, I was busy last Saturday and the West Ham. Uh, Preseason game was going on and Zoff was happening to be free on the Saturday. And I said, uh, I'm going to rely on you for eye test. He said he's going to watch all the four preseason games back to back. And he saw that uh, uh, West Ham game and he was raving about Ben Rama throughout the game. He was talking about how good his body language was, etc., etc., etc. Then I'm talking to him come Thursday and Rafinha is in his draft and not Ben Rama. And he's uh, asking me, you know, what uh, do I what do you think I should do with Ben Rama? So I simply just sent him screenshots of the things that he said to me in the WhatsApp chat. And uh, that's that's why Zoff is feeling a little bit of FOMO. But I think uh, you made the decision for a long term and with Lingard probably coming in, I, I, I think you should wait. It's a close call, but I think uh, uh, the kind of manager that you are, I think saving a transfer, getting two free transfers, assessing two game weeks of information suits you more. I think so, probably. And we'll get to it because I think Leicester are there for the taking as well. We'll get to why I'm really keen on that game because it's more than Leicester it's also the two games after I thought Palace were quite poor defensively I thought Southampton were quite poor defensively so I like the next three opponents not just the next Leicester fixture that's what's drawing me in yeah also also I think it's worth touching about because I think Bakker uh, maybe dropped a hint about it uh, but uh, it's worth pointing out and it's pretty big news there's a little bit of a development happening where uh, we have an international break after game week three and a lot of the uh, players playing in South America, etc., they might not play game week four and even game week five because of COVID regulations. They might need to isolate. Uh, so it's just something to worth uh, watch out for. And you know, some of some of very some very relevant FPL players are on this list. So I think you need to monitor the situation. We're talking about Emi Martinez, Emi Bundia, uh, Allison, Emerson, Rafinha, Richarlison, Gabriel Jesus, Mo Salah. Jimenez and Cavani. So, uh, everybody that's listening to us, watch out for news for this because it's a uh, sort of like a battle between the clubs and the country and uh, just tread with caution when it comes to these players. Right. But it's worth mentioning that I don't think at any point last one and a half years, players missed matches due to having to quarantine after internationals, right? They usually give them the exemption. So, I don't think it will be a problem. Maybe hope rather than expectation, but it's definitely something to watch out for. Yep, yep. All right, uh, next up, uh, anything to add on United Leeds or we can move on to the next game, guys? Let's move I on. we can move on. Yes. All right. Uh, Burnley, Brighton, I'll come to you first on this one, Zofar. What do you take away from this game? I think Brighton were a little bit lucky to not concede more goals. Initially, they were very open from set pieces, but then second half, Burnley opened up a lot more. Brighton actually overperformed their XG for once. Besides <laughs> that... Not much as Duffy had some good numbers in terms of shots and like defensive things. So I think he probably might even hold his spot for the next game. He might keep Weltman out, something Weltman owners should really watch out for. Apart from that, not much else, not really much fantasy interest in this game per se. 
Yeah, I had a double Brighton defense, so it was nice for them to lose the clean sheet in the first minute because it's just uh, it's the hope that kills you, right? And I had no hope. You remember we were watch. discussing before. What do we discuss? Do we expect Brighton or Burnley to keep a clean sheet? And he said no. no. No, no, no. Webster was close, though. I think he was really close on one set play, which was uh, interesting, I thought. Uh, but uh, just a stat that I read, uh, uh, Tom Freeman wrote an interesting article in his scout notes where he mentioned that Burnley conceded a lot of their chances from the left flank. And they conceded a lot in general. It's not the Burnley that we saw last year, uh, which is uh, just good news for Trent Alexander-Arnold. Yeah. They, had the worst home re- they had the worst home record in the league, I think, last season. I remember reading that stat. Yeah. Maybe yeah. besides Sheffield of, United. Sorry, Bakal, go ahead. Yeah, a lot of us own, I think all three of us own Sanchez, in fact. So I, I thought this point might be worth making that he, in, in fact, created one big chance uh, for <laughs> murder. And uh, um, he was kind of unlucky not to come away with uh, with an assist. Uh, but anyways, coming to the Brighton defense, one thing I noticed was that Brighton um, conceded three big chances, all three from set plays. Um, and this has been a long problem, long ongoing problem with uh, Brighton. It's it's a recurring theme. Even last season, they were conceding lots of uh, chances from set pieces. Even in preseason, there was this game where they conceded two goals from set plays. And now then again, this this weekend, we, we saw that that problem hasn't been addressed. So that is something worrying. Um, for you know, from from someone who owns Sanchez, but generally their open play stats were great and excellent. And in fact, they had the best expected goals conceded from open play in the game week after Chelsea. So the defense was very solid, uh, which is heartening to see. So if they can address their problems from set pieces, that could be uh, something good uh, for for next game week. Bakar, I'm playing Sanchez in goal in game week two, and I've got a little bit of a dilemma between Webster and Ailing. Uh, Ailing plays Everton at home. I'm currently playing Webster. Stick with that decision. 100%, 100%. I read the Brighton defense very, very highly. That, I, I especially at home. Them. Particularly at, definitely, particularly at home, yeah, I was going to say. Cool. There you have it. And and, and right. Everton look good. I will speak out about Everton. They look good. So, I, I think they'll score against Leeds. I do too. All right. Next up, we have Leicester versus uh, Wolves, which I thought was one of the most interesting wait, wait, games. Wait. Are uh, we not talking about the champions of Europe? Oh, okay. Oh, conveniently, it's, it's your... conveniently skipped the challenge. <laughs> that, that, that might have been intentional, that might was... not have been. In... I have no idea. Yeah, no, All right, go on, off. Your boys, the floor's yours. No, a completely dominant performance end to finish. We completely steamrolled Palace. They had one shot, I think, all game. Whether our dominance was due to Palace being poor or us being great, I'm not really sure. But thoroughly convincing performance at both ends of the pitch. Yeah, now that you're done blowing your team's trumpet, can you give us some sort of FPL takeaway from that game? I really don't think there's much to take away given the next few fixtures. I think I was looking more at Palace as an opponent we can target going forward rather than invest in Chelsea. And Palace, I thought, looked... They had no game plan. They had no real way to get the ball from back to front. No ball progression. It just seemed like a team without any cohesion at all. I'm looking forward to Tony against Palace next week. Most teams look like that against the Chelsea defence, don't you think? Not as much Palace because last year they were really a counter-attacking team. You'd expect this some at least pattern of play, but that was very scattered this game. There's no coherent build-up at all. Uh, tell I mean, me. Go on, Bakar. Yeah, there were just a couple of things I'd, I'd like to point out here. I mean, Alonso looked ridiculously attacking 46 touches in the final third. And, you know, that's nothing new when it comes to Alonso. But then again, he's he's not, you know, a realistic long-term. Um, Mason Mount, I thought, 
played well from a real life point of view from an FPL point of view he, even though he got an assist from a, a long distance shot i i didn't think he did much he didn't create any chances nor did he have a shot in the uh, in the box so i mean yeah the, those are the two things i i had in mind regarding alonso and and amount chelsea defense looked really good yet again you know no big chances conceded so nothing's new over there yeah. without kante i think that Sorry, sorry, Ergo. I said there was no Kante also. Even without Kante, we didn't concede in single. That was very heartening. But again, it was Palace largely, I think. Talk to me about Mounts off because Bakker said statistically he didn't do much. But I saw the highlights and I was like, Mount continues to be probably ignored. I remember telling you at least a billion times last season, tell me to take Mount because he's the glue guy. What's your thoughts? Again, he's going to be the kind of guy who's going to get you six to seven pointers. He's not going to get you those 16-15 pointers, which a lot of other mids, I think, can get you. I think he offers you a similar potential that a Saad, etc. offers at 6 or a Rafinha at 6.5. So given the current fixture run, I don't think there's really any Chelsea players I would invest in, except Lukaku, possibly. Yeah. What I found interesting was I was uh, reading Tuchel's interview today and uh, he was very bullish on Lukaku having a very, very positive impact on a certain team of Werner. And I think Werner's used to playing a big striker. He did that uh, at his previous club as well. What do you think that? What do you think happens there? Do you think it'll benefit Werner? I th- so he, what Tuchel said that he's going to change around systems a little bit, play a back four, maybe it's two, three, five, two, three, four, three. And he was very clear. It's all about who can play best alongside Lukaku. The interview was very clear in the direction that Lukaku is going to play and it's all about who can get the best out of Lukaku. Now, that remains to be seen. Havertz can play with a target man as well. What do you have to say, though, to the Kai Havertz punters game week one? Do they hold for the second game week against Arsenal? I know. I think there's better options out there to get off. Yeah, get off early, get off now. I, I, if I was at that Havertz price point, I'd try to find 1.5 million and move to Son. That's that's the move I try yeah, to Son make. or even Greenwood if you don't have him. There's so many options in midfield. Yep, yep, yep. Just want to add on Palace though, I think uh, you still need to give them time because I think the midfield changes and one of the players I rate is the guy from your team who's on loan to Palace and that's Gallagher. Gallagher. I think Gallagher and all these will come back into the team and they will take a couple of weeks to blend in. I wouldn't judge them based on playing the strongest team. I, I have your team down for uh, the title this season. I think Lukaku is exactly what you guys needed. And uh, if uh, Manchester City takes some time to settle at the start of the season, I think Chelsea are in with a shot for the title. That's what, that's what the two match of the day guys said as well. Both Shearer and Wright yeah. picked Chelsea for the title race. I like it. I like the confidence. Right. Who do we have? Next, Next we have we Everton. Have... Everton. Bakar, do you want to start on Everton? Sure. Uh, Cavill Lewin was top among all all players um, in the league for shots inside the box. So, he's clearly the one for, for FPL attention. Um and and uh, match of the day did a piece uh, on on him this week as well, where they sort of said that Everton had like 17 crosses targeted towards him. Um, so that that bodes well for him uh, heading into the coming game weeks. Other than that, um, regarding Dean, uh, one thing I noticed was that uh, with with Everton last season, they had this trend where the significant majority of their creativity was coming down the left flank with Dinia and Richarlison. Uh, but now that Townsend is playing, uh, it was interesting to notice that uh, six chances were created uh, down the right flank and just the three from Dini's flank, uh, which means that maybe they're using Townsend uh, and as as a source of creativity rather than just relying on Dini, which is slightly bad for, for his FPL potential. 
but but something which was heartening to see was that uh, Dini was still taking the majority of their uh, their corners. Five out of six of their corners were taken by Dini. So um, I mean that's mixed news regarding regarding him, but I, I I thought it would be worth pointing out. Very relevant because you also had Gray who was playing on that side, and this is something they mentioned on the commentary as well. It's a visible tactic to spread the threat around, not just keep from Dean. They're having crosses from the right, crosses from the left, but very visible tactic to get the ball up to Calvert Lewin. Pranil, anything to add? Yes, uh, just want to say that actually he changed it up midway through the game where. uh, Richarlison was playing on the wing and Gray was playing slightly central as the 10 and he shifted that and I think that's what really was the impetus in that Everton performance becoming better. Just some stats, 80% of Everton's chances came from the wings and when they're crossing and crossing from the wings, three people are responsible to be inside uh, the box to you know put the ball inside the net. That's Diesel, that's Richarlison and that's Good one word. guy who I have on my watch list at the moment and that's 5.5 million midfielder Abdullah Dukure. I remember him as a uh, number 10 for Watford in that team where he used to hog a lot of SARS points as well. I rate him as a player as well. Just somebody to add add onto that watch list. Uh, He was not on my radar as a 5.5 million midfielder. Definitely on my radar right now. And uh, DCL looks like the prime candidate to have. He had, what, five shots in the box as well. So he's continuing to do what he did uh, last season where he's not moving away from the six-yard box at all. Uh, Another thing I want to talk about is uh, how many chances uh, Southampton conceded to Everton. I think Everton had, what, Bucker, the top XG? this West Ham, West Ham at the top XG. Second. Yeah, second, second, sec, second worst. Second worst Se- for Southampton. XG conceded. Exactly, which bodes well for yeah. uh, uh, your United ac- attackers, I think. Uh, and uh, exactly. United like playing playing against Saints as well because they like to press as well. So I'm considering a Jota to Greenwood move at the moment based on those statistics as well. What about DCL? Have you guys penciled in DCL at any of your transfers? What are your thoughts about him? If uh, Ings uh, I- did not have... Newcastle at home, DCL would probably be in by now. Uh, yeah, I'm targeting him in game week four for Ings, uh, because exactly that's when uh, Ings' fixtures turn. I think Ings, um, uh, DCL has Norwich in game week four and Burnley. Ings has Chelsea. Yeah, DCL has Burnley in four, Norwich in six. Yeah, no, uh, yeah, Norwich in six. So, I mean, that's a good time to jump off, in my opinion. Right. I, I was also targeting. I was also targeting Jimenez if if that would be a possibility, but. Uh, there's a uh, risk involving him now, uh, given the gaming porn uh, oh, news. Oh, right, right, correct. Yeah, his name was in the list as well. Mexico, Mexico also is on the red yeah. list. I hope we get some well, clarification on that earlier rather than later. It was suck to actually have to wait till the international break to get clarification on that. Yep, yep, yep. What's what's uh, what's bringing a smile to my face is I'm realizing that while we're talking about these games, they were happening at the same time. How good was uh, it to have that back? I mean, even if you're watching a shitty game, uh, there's news flowing in from all the games, all our WhatsApp chats, everything is really active. I just thought it's great. That's what FPL is for me, yeah. has been for me for the best part of seven, eight years. That was for me the best part of the weekend, just having those concurrent games. Yeah, it's refreshing. It was, to it was absolutely brilliant, honestly. and It felt like... Um, so long ever since this come back. I mean, it felt great, honestly. Yep, yep, yep. Leicester right. Wolves? Leicester yeah. Wolves. Should I, I saw the I, game. I, I can talk about it. Yeah, go for it. You, go for it, Pranit. All right. Uh, what was interesting to me was that Wolves put in 
a really really good uh, performance they created a lot uh, they did exactly what we've been talking about what we've been reading about when it comes to bruno large where the wingers were very very the wing backs were very very attacking and both the wingers were sort of inside forwards playing a lot more central to goal which is why adama got the number of chances that he did he had what five or six shots this game week he did really really well on our radar uh, but the problem with adama is he's going to get those chances but he's just not a good finisher you take that with a pinch of salt uh, wolves had an xg of 1.37 in this game and leicester had an xg of 0.53 so we we know how much uh, wolves created in comparison to leicester and i was very very bullish on son i i was trying to do all kinds of things to my team to get Jungmin Son in because I think he's the right 10 million asset to have to shoehorn along with Mo Salah and Bruno Fernandes. But I'm hoping that Wolves hold strong in this game. That said, Wadi got in behind that Wolves defense six times, had six shots. And Son, if he's getting six shots, he's putting two of them at the back of the net, isn't he? Correct. And Son's much better at timing those offsides also. I think a lot of those shots... That the times that Vardy got through offside don't count in the stats because they're obviously caught offside. We don't notice how many times he could get in behind. I think Sun's a lot better at that. And from what I could understand, Lage is a guy who's very focused. This is my philosophy. This is how we want to play. He's not going to go necessarily defensive just because he's playing Spurs next game. Your thoughts, Pakar? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think this is this is a fixture where Son can do well in. Um, Wolves will play a high line, and um, I think this is exactly suited to to Son's strengths. Uh, interestingly enough, there's there there's a couple of things regarding this fixture that I'd I'd like to point out as well. So over the weekend, there were five um, there were five direct errors made by players, which led to big goal scoring opportunities. Uh, Amarte made two of them, so I I can't see him I I can't see him staying long in this team, and especially now that Westergaard is signed, his days are are, are numbered. Completely agree. He looked calamitous. But let's talk about the elephant in the room, Harvey Barnes. A very popular asset picked by a lot of players. What do you think managers should do? He had one shot, no chances created. And I think they switched to a 3-5-2 in the second half of the game. So I could possibly at risk next game. What do you guys think? I I don't think uh, it's uh, it's worth selling him because uh, the reasons why you picked him, he looked good in preseason they don't really change. And I mean, one game is too small a sample size to assess someone. I'd give him at least um, at least the West Ham game and see how he looks. Um, the, there's one point noting, though, that, that there's there might be a slight risk to his security of starts because yeah, the Leicester switched to a, a, a 3-5-2 um, in, the, in, 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 the, in the second half. But I still expect him to start. And, and I, I think it, it's worth giving him one more opportunity. Yeah, all well and good, and all, I agree with that. But if you have 0.5 million in the bank, I'd make the switch to Greenwood. I don't Greenwood. want to sit on the fence with the opinion I'm giving. If you have 0.5 in the bank, there's hall potential with Greenwood against Saints, I'd, I'd make the switch. And if you're making this uh, sort of play, and if you're playing the game in this sort of way, just don't look at what Barnes does. Think about what Greenwood is doing. Assess his performance. Think about the variance when it comes to Greenwood's performance. Look forward if you're willing to play the game this way. Correct. I think the main reason people might be hesitant on Barnes is the game week three fixture. I think that's the carrot that a lot of people are looking at, right? Even after the West Ham game, you want him for the Norwich game. So it's a tricky decision. But I can understand with Greenwood, it would probably be, as Bakar says, a no-brainer. But I think what about if you have to go to somebody like Ben Rama, Rafinha, somewhere down? Would you do that? No, I'd only shift him for Greenwood, nobody else. 
Bakar? Yeah, just to clarify, I, I think Barnes to Greenwood is, is a good transfer. Yes. Mm -hmm. But assuming you don't have any uh, any money in the bank, I won't downgrade him to Benrama or anyone else. Yeah, I wouldn't take a hit to fund that either. Interesting. Oh, yes, you wouldn't take a hit to go Barnes to Greenwood either. No, no. I think one name just worth touching upon uh, is an old favorite, uh, Ricardo Pereira. Uh, I thought put in a tremendous performance. Looks like he's gotten his legs back. One to monitor once Leicester sort their defense out. Hmm, interesting. I'm not so convinced yeah. on Barnes. I would probably get rid personally. Would you do it for a hit for Greenwood? No. I probably won't take a hit. I'd do that next week. It would also depend who's the other guy you're selling, obviously, right? Yep, yep, yep. yep. Also, before we move on to the next game, I think we got baited into saying that we had a thousand people watching live. Now we have 857 people watching live at the moment, and we only have 234 likes. Guys, make sure you're hitting the like button right now. It helps us getting discovered, and we're hoping we touch the thousand number at some point today. Go on, Zoff. Right. So I, I think we just we can wrap up this game. Yeah. And what's What's next? Watford Villa. Let's talk about Watford first. My boy Sar, he delivered. I was happy to see that. He was electric. He was, he, like you said, he absolutely had target on toast. He was completely ripping him apart the first half. It's only the second half when they put Ashley Young on him. The, Villa got some control of the game. But Villa were generally awful, right? You saw bits of this game, Pranil? Yeah, I saw, I saw bits of this game and I was actually feeling bad for Matty Target because he had zero chance, zero chance of doing anything against Saar. I think uh, Dean Smith was shrewd to, uh, you know, put Ashley Young against him in the second half and they were a lot better after that. But uh, I do want to say that I think Watkins, now that... Uh, uh, I think you take that Villa performance with a pinch of salt and I'm not too downbeat on it because if Watkins is fit for game week two, I just realized they lost Grealish who's responsible for the transitions in that team. But Watkins is the guy responsible for the pressing in that team. The back four of Watford had it too easy. None of the Villa front three were pressing at all. And Watkins is the guy who actually leads that press. Uh, and if they're pressing that Newcastle defense, I think Aston Villa will be a lot uh, better and the opposition won't be as comfortable. I think he's very, very important to the Aston Villa team. So that's the only thing. Uh, I think Dennis is very interesting uh, if he continues to start for Watford because uh, we need to enable a good few big hitters in our team considering Lukaku is coming to play and Jungmin Son looks delicious. Uh, so Dennis is just something worth somebody worth monitoring. Well done on avoiding a menace pun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bakar, anything to add on Watford in particular before we move on to Villa? Uh, nothing really. Saar, Saar is the main man. Uh, I, I don't think um, they'd be scoring too many uh, goals in a game very frequently, though. I, I think this, this game was a bit of an anomaly. And when it comes to Watford, I expect low-scoring games. Uh, I, I, I can't see them scoring you know, more than one, one goal in, in most of their matches. So I take this game with a, with a pinch of Saar. Um, other than that, I have two, two, two things, two observations regarding Villa. Firstly, is the fact that Newcastle were so poor this this game week and they conceded so many big chances that that bodes well for Ings. Uh, but having said that, I ha I say that with uh, with little to no content I watched from the Villa attack because they they had like the second worst XG from open play after Palace, which is very very worrying given though they were up against a promoted side. Um, Emi Bundia, we we thought we'd we'd see good things from him, but he had little to no impact. He he was playing on the right, then he moved to the, to the center. Um, he just created a single chance all game, no shot inside the box. 
so the creativity is a bit of a problem for villa and and that is something i'm monitoring very very closely um but i i hope they they come good because with i think with watkins back the, that will have a massive impact on on their attacking potential and that is something which which will probably make them improve in the coming weeks i saw most of the game i just want to add that one straure uh, and uh, ramsey and uh, leon belly came on i thought all three of them looked really really sharp and really good and villa were able to create a lot more once these three players will uh, came yeah. on earlier it was uh, you know uh, like uh, what is his name? I completely forgot his name. The Argentinian midfielder who created tons of chances for Norwich. Emi Bundia. Bundia. Wow, what, <laughs> wow, I Very completely bad. blanked there. But uh, he was not in the game at all in the first half. And once these three guys came in, they just looked a lot sharper. So take that Villa performance with a pinch of salt. I'm expecting them to improve game yep. up to. I think hold for the next two weeks. Yep. With the yep. home yep. games, I think Villa Park with the home games is going to be absolutely electric. So... A lot of teams, I think, if you're looking for transfers, look at which teams have two home games in the next two. You have a lot of them, like you have West Ham, you have Villa. Who else? You have a few other teams who have two home. We'll have a look at that later. Before that, we yep. can move on to Norwich, Liverpool. Why don't you talk to us about this game's off? I thought Liverpool looked great. Norwich, I was surprised how many chances they created. Decent in attack. I think they'll definitely score a few more goals this season. But Liverpool, pretty impressive. Back to front. Let's talk about the main topic at hand and something that's relevant for your team. Jota. Hold. Sell. Uh, I'm considering selling. I'm worried. I think Firmino definitely plays against Chelsea game week three. Uh, the good thing is that uh, it's the first game on the Saturday. So, in case we get any... Uh, news uh, later. Uh, Pratyush, by the way, you're asking if you're reading the Super Chat. We have a Q&A section right at the end. So, save those Super Chats for later. We'll do a Q&A section right at the end. But yeah, uh, I thought the performance at in the first 45-50 minutes was not that great, to be honest. Liverpool's midfield was fairly weak. It was light uh, with uh, Milner and Keita uh, and Ox. Ox didn't get into the game at all. But once Fabinho got into the game and Firmino got into the game, Liverpool looked like a different animal. And I think this is something Klopp's not going to miss out on, which is why I'm worried uh, as a Jota owner. And Firmino, I just think Liverpool look better with Mane, Firmino, Salah up front. It's great for Salah as an option. It's great for uh, Mane as an option as well. And Salah is just a beast. What I like about Salah is his uh, is the amount of sheer amount of points he gets in the final 20 minutes, and this is something you can rely on him for because he's when the game is stretched and the opposition more often than not is chasing a goal against Liverpool in the final 20 minutes, he capitalizes in those last 20 minutes, which is why I have no doubt Salah is going to be my captain game week two. Mm. Uh, just want to give a kudos to uh, Norwich and Daniel Farker because I thought they can. Play. Billy Gilmore, Cantwell, Rashika, Lise Malou, all four really, really impressed me. Their Greek uh, wing-back as well. I thought he put in some good balls as well. So, I think Norwich are going to surprise a few. I was very happy with their performance. Quite convincing. Yeah. I was quite happy with the other Greek fullback as well, Shemikas. I didn't think he would be taking so many set-pieces, putting crosses <laughs> in, having a shot, yeah. having shots. But Robos... did, you see, did you see what Milner did to him yeah. in the final? <laughs> Like wake up! Even Virgil was in his face, and he's like, "Bloody hell, wake up!" I was just laughing so much. It was quite funny. It was quite yeah. funny. Bakar, anything to add here? I was doing the same in front of my television. I was screaming at him because I had double defense. <laughs> when that shot went, I I had pretty much written off the double defense when that cross went in. I did not expect Allison to make save that. If anything, I expected the volley to go in after. 
Yeah, I mean, they, they fluffed that, that chance. That really should have been a goal, honestly. I, I had a mini heart attack watching it, honestly. Uh, it was terrible to watch as a as a Liverpool double defense owner. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, overall, Salah looked looked really sharp. There's nothing much to add. He was top for big chance involvements among all players in the league. Uh, top for penalty area touches as well. Um, Jota with two big chance involvements. Mane had, had this this is a recurring theme. You know, every preseason, I was discussing this with with a friend of mine who was uh, you know telling me. Uh, that uh, Mane looked so so good in preseason, and <laughs> and I told him that this is this is a recurring thing. This this happens every season. Salah doesn't do much all season, all preseason. I think he he had one assist maybe at best. I'm not sure. Uh, and when it comes to game week one, he absolutely kills it. While Mane is, you know, nowhere to be seen. So this is this is a very dangerous trend, and that's why some of the decisions you make should should not be based on preseason, especially against tried and tested players. And um, the the other thing I I, I just wanted to uh, talk about is um, is the fact that Liverpool were making quite a few errors at the back as we discussed earlier. Uh, they made the most errors leading to a chance this week, and they were extremely lucky uh, not to not to concede uh, because they 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 got a bit too casual at the back, and that is something that might cost them. They had the worst um, xG from set plays conceded, while Burnley had the second best. So this is something which might come into play this week because Burnley will fancy themselves. Uh, from set pieces uh, at Anfield. Oh, wow, those, those are some good numbers, Bakar. Very impressed with those numbers. Uh, anything to add? Uh, Nothing. Newcastle. Uh, oh, I, oh, just just for those uh, that own Man City assets, except for Gundogan. Gundogan is uh, injured at the moment. Looks likely that he might not play game week two. Watch out for news. Uh, but uh, I was surprised how bad. Tim Krul was. I mean, every time somebody shot the ball, I thought the ball was going to go at the back of the net. He was slow. He looks old. I can see Gunn coming into play very, very soon. Just wanted to add that. I thought Krul doesn't look like a Premier League quality keeper at the moment. City are going to be a wounded animal next week against Norwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. Can we? Can can I? Actually, we'll talk about that when we're discussing my team. I'll wait. Cool. Yeah, we'll get to that. Let's talk about Newcastle. What do you think, though? Do I do I do I sell a Diego Jota? Bakar, Zafar, while we're on there, because a lot of people are... Firstly, firstly, the, you have the advantage of it being the early kickoff, so you can wait till till the lineups are announced. I mean, if any any early leaks come out. Um, if if there is no news, then, I mean, it, it's it's tough now, because with, with Jota, I can see why you're tempted to buy Greenwood, but with, with Jota, if Salah is likely to miss game week four and potentially game week five... Then, then Jota, and, and same is the case with Firmino. Then Jota comes into place, uh, into 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 play in in game four and five. And if he's nailed, then then who knows? I mean, it's it's a tough call, honestly. I mean, especially so given a- that he might miss game two or three. It's I'm I would have you know if this news hadn't come in, I would have been very certain about you selling him. But now I'm I'm fifty fifty on this call because it it sort of looks like a decision that could backfire in in the weeks to come. So, Zofar, are you sitting on the fence like our friend Bakar as well? Bakar did not help me at all. He just presented the cases on both the sides. I want your opinion, not on the fence. If you put a gun gun to my head, Punil, I I think I I, I would sell. If you put a gun to my head. Yeah, I think I would. Appreciate it. Zof, what do you reckon? First of all, I personally am not reading too much into this news of them missing game week four, game week five. The Premier League is England's biggest export to the world. It's gotten off to a great start. You've got fans back. They're not going to diminish the quality of their product by letting their marquee players miss multiple matches. Uh, 
I think it's very, very likely players are going to get exemptions. So I don't think that should really factor into your decision making at this point. So I would sell Jota. All right. And I'm going to do the pod partner thing as well because both of you have given me a lot of good advice where you all told me get a bench. You all told me don't play very risky and it kind of worked. So yeah, this this, uh, uh, season is about listening to the pod partner. So I'll think about selling Jota. Because what's happened with Greenwood now is now with the South American players, the thing is it's not just a quarantine period. They've added a third round of matches to the calendar. So what's going to happen is they're going to play in the early hours of Friday morning. UK time. So even if they don't have to do the quarantine exemption, they're very likely not going to be able to play the game week four fixture, especially the teams that are playing on the Saturday. Leeds and Liverpool Um, play Sunday. So you might get some time over there, but it's very unlikely Cavani is going to pop back and play on Saturday. So you're probably getting game week four as well out of Greenwood. And you look at the fixtures, you have Southampton, Wolves, Newcastle. Yeah, good run of fixtures. Good run of fixtures. It's All right. a, a no-brainer, as some might say. Cheers, cheers, cheers. I, the good thing is I'm, uh, Greenwood is not rising in price anytime soon. Uh, so I'm definitely going to wait uh, until Saturday to see if we hear some more. Yeah. You might have to take a bit of like, you know, hit short term. Maybe Jota outscores him this week, but I don't think he starts game week three. Yep, yep, and I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the player I'm selling, hauling. I, I, it's something you told me as advice last year where you focus on the player that you got in. And I'm just okay with that. I can deal with it. Precisely. Newcastle, yeah. West Ham, the game of the weekend? Absolutely. Game of the weekend yeah. by a distance. If you hate defending, I guess, as an Italian like coach or something, this game must have been something that would you poke your eyes out. <laughs> agreed, agreed. Bakar, why don't you take us through this game? I mean, uh, Antonio is the one whose numbers stand out uh, for me. Um, top for XGI this uh, this uh, game week. But, but that's a bit skewed because of his penalty save um, uh, this weekend. But but then again, his numbers were still very good. I think he was involved in uh, four big chances overall. Uh, ben Rama had just the two big chances moments, but um, he was getting into good positions. And I thought he asked the passed the eye test. Um, a lot of people were getting uh, frustrated at him at, at halftime for not delivering. But I, I but uh, even at that point in time, I, I thought, like yourself, uh, Pranil, that he was getting into uh, good positions, and uh, you know the, the returns were just a matter of time. It was it was nice that they came immediately after, but a lot of people were getting very uh, sort of frenetic. Um, the the other thing I, I noticed was that um, the West Ham looked uh, particularly leaky, which is something which is uh, worth noting for. Uh, Creswell and and Sufal owners, because uh, I see a lot of people have invested in them and they don't really have any other backup, which is worrying. Uh, I, I think I can see Leicester scoring this week because West Ham, they just want to attack. I I don't think defense is is a priority for them at all. So with, this bodes well for their attack, but their defense is uh, is all over the place. I don't think it's a case of defense not being a priority. I think it's just a case of not having the right personnel. They need a they need better centre backs. They're in the market for Zuma. They're in the market for this Croatian guy as well. They need signings yes. in that department. The Fiorentina guy, I think he's, he's in Fiorentina. I so think. I think they will sign a few players and get better. But I think it's a David Moyes team. They always try to defend. It's just that they're not able to. Yeah. Uh, also, when it just comes to Newcastle's defensive numbers, I think something that uh, you know uh, we don't take into consideration or don't contextualize when we're looking at the statistics is the game state. I think game state also plays a lot of importance in terms of how it affects the statistics because I thought Newcastle were rattled by that uh, uh, 
penalty where Fornals got fouled. I it wasn't a penalty. It didn't not, look like no, a penalty. No. Yeah, and, and they didn't recover after that because they were chasing the game after that. Their head was out of the game, and that's where uh, West Ham created a bulk of their uh, chances. I think after the goal in the next ten minutes, they created some three or four big chances where Newcastle was just not able to regroup as a team. So just something to all the. Uh, guys, it was stats out there. You need to contextualize looking at the state of game as well because it tends to affect uh, the stats pretty drastically. Just something I wanted yeah. to add. That's and, and, and the fact that they played at home, I think, made more of a difference because at home, you obviously have to go for the win. Yeah. Yeah. Also, just a little bit of credit to uh, Moez as well because what I noticed it was in the second half, Antonio started dropping a little deeper, uh, which gave all the runners around him space to move ahead and Benrama started getting more and more into the game. What I noticed in the first half was that his teammates were just not finding him. And Benrama was also a little bit running all over the park. I think Moez made some tactical nuances, changes in the second half and they worked. So, he wasn't I, I also, as much. Yeah. Yeah. Also very upset that we FPL has not given us uh, uh, Mr. Murphy uh, as a defender. I've always rated him as a player. Richie is a defender. Murphy isn't. I don't like that because I think he's a good player. So I just wanted to add that. That's it. I think Anton Bucker, you don't have Antonio. Are you worried? Oh, Bucker doesn't have Antonio. I did not. Not, not particularly because I I have uh, I have Mares and I think he he can do well this week as well. Um, but but yes, I think Antonio is is someone I might be looking to bring in 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 game week three. This is a week where I think I'm going to save my transfer. But game week four, uh, game week three onwards, I think with Crystal Palace and Southampton, those those games will will be hall potential for Antonio. My only worry is from game week four is when I'm actually thinking about losing Antonio with the Europa League starting. So now it's a bit tricky whether we bring in Antonio now and game week five six comes around, his hamstrings are going to be in th- gone in the nest. So you have to worry yeah. about that. Just you just have to hold it for two or three game weeks. You're likely wildcarding game week seven. Given you're a Chelsea supporter and a big Lukaku fan, I won't be surprised if you are wildcarding earlier. I don't think I will be because I don't think I had to look at the fixtures right when he came in. I was thinking, when am I going to captain him? I just don't see it in the first few fixtures. So, what if he braces versus Arsenal? What happens then? So, the control is going to be difficult, bro. I'm going to be begging for Ted to trade him in fan tracks, I think. Yeah, yeah. Just so that you have that some sort of fantasy, some sort of fantasy Kanko. engagement. Anything else in this yeah. game, guys? Should we move on? Let's move on. Spurs, Man City, the sunny show. Yeah, move right on top of my uh, watch list. I think those that have Bruno, Salah, and Son in place, and most of them that have that those three in place have uh, RB are using a four-four-two formation at the moment. I think they're a little ahead of the game. I think these three look like the right. Mid to premium price. I wouldn't call Son mid price. The right premium guys, it's premium yeah. priced midfielder to have. And if I want to get Son, and I was looking at ways uh, ways to get in him, it means I downgrade an Antonio or I downgrade an Ings or I downgrade it to Ivan Tony to uh, a Dennis, and it just it just doesn't uh, appeal to me. So yeah, but he's top of my watch list. Good pick if he's in your price range. Go for him. He looks great. He's on all set pieces. He uh, We spoke about it in the midfielder pod, I reckon, where he's just going to say that, you know what, don't worry about a certain Mr. Kane leaving the club. I'm here. I'm here for you guys. And that's what happened. And I think all the players stepped up to that occasion. And Spurs are looking good. Just want to say that, though, that the City game sort of suited Spurs, where uh, they... Uh, like to play on the counter and they had three runners. I want to see what happens when they're playing against a defense that sits deep. I think Delhi Ali will be more involved in the game 
against uh, Wolves than he was in the games against City. Right. As a Mares owner, Bakar, what's your thoughts? It was a infuriating game to watch. He had a brilliant <laughs> chance to score in the first half. Scuffed it. I mean, if he had scored that game, he would have probably secured his position. Um, he would have been near for the next two or three games at least, and that would have been my worry sorted. But unfortunately, he skewed his opportunity, which uh, which is why I, I think if City had gone ahead, I think they would have won the game comfortably. Um, I don't have much to add. I just think City were slightly unlucky. I, I think they should have scored at least once. Uh, they had a decent XG as well. Um, I, I I won't sort of... I, I, it's something which won't base my... This is is a, is a game which won't base my decisions uh, uh, in the in the coming game weeks because I still think City will come good. And I, I agree they've kind of start, started slowly, but I think Norwich will be the kind of game where they will finally get into rhythm. And then they will sort of steamroll the other opposition because with the kind of squad they have, I just can't see anyone, you know, stopping them. They they will steamroll most of the oppositions there are in the Premier League. Boys, congratulations. 1K watching live at the moment. First time we finally crossed that number. Thank you to all of you joining us. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, quite happy with this po- how this, this pod has gone as well. So good job, guys. And thank you to all of us. Uh, thank you to all of you for joining us. I think this timing right. is working for us as well. Right. Let's talk about Man City players. Which players would you advise anybody to bring in today? If you had a choice, let's say Price, Snowbar, which is a Man City player you'd bring in this week and you'd possibly consider captain over somebody over Bruno or Salah? I don't want to advocate captaining anybody over Salah or Bruno at the moment. They look like the better So would you options. ignore this fixture and just in this lesson now today, somebody like me doesn't have a City player. I had kept 0.5 in the bank thinking, earmark this fixture, that possibly bring in a City player and captain. But I don't think I'm going to do that now. Mm. I, yes, I wouldn't I, ignore I this. But I don't think you ignore this fixture. If you have a luxury move to make, I'm considering Jota out and I won't lie. I have Grealish as well as uh, Greenwood on my mind at the moment because City are City. They're a great team. They're a wounded animal. And uh, Grealish did fairly well, I thought. He ha- he did have his fair share of chances as well. I think, you know, I just, it's just something I tweeted also last week. I think when the dust settles, uh, they and if they do get Kane, they've got Grealish who's creative. They've got Foden who's sort of creative. They've got KDB who's creative. And they have Kane who's creative. They're going to need a runner who runs beyond the defense. And that man is Raheem Sterling. I reckon he's going to benefit from all these playmakers in this team. Definitely. But not the, not right now, eventually. They need that finisher and Kane, though. You could see that focal point was lacking. Zoff, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is not the fact that I, I doubt who will, uh, you know, the City will score quite a few goals. It's just that who will get them the most amount of points, and that is very tricky to guess. And that is why I think you, as someone who doesn't have any City, you can potentially ignore the fixture. Because I think there's a greater chance of you getting it wrong than you getting it right. I think you get it. I wouldn't be surprised to see City putting four or five past I mean, City. De, De Bruyne, Grealish, Mahrez. Who who do you think is the main main guy to get? I'm I'm not so sure. If you get KDP, KDP is the main guy. But yeah, I don't but... think many of us can afford him with Bruno exactly. and Salah in place. And we're not selling Bruno and Salah after their 15-plus point hauls in game week one. Then I think you go for Grealish. And I think you wait until Friday as well to see what kind of noises are coming out of that city uh, camp as well. But uh, I think this, it could be a shrewd play to not uh, uh, to not uh, ignore this game and just go for it, despite mm-hmm. what we saw in the first week. If you consider things in isolation, Pranil, and, and ask me who is the one guy I would go for, I, I still think Maris is the one to get. 
Uh, he's probably going to be on penalties uh, with the Gundogan injury. He's he's likely to start. I was scarring through the Man City forums and the fans expect him to start. Uh, Norwich conceded twice as many chances on on their on the right flank. Uh, oh, sorry, on the on their left flank, which is which is good for for Mares if he starts this week. So I still think he has the greatest upside and he is the one to get. But I don't say it with as much confidence as I would have potentially said this a week ago. I like the adjective. What do you make you, of? Sorry, I just want to say I love the adjective you used, Bakar, at the beginning. Infuriating. You didn't say very annoying, very frustrating. Infuriating. Very vivid. Yeah, I uh, love that. <laughs> Yeah, we're all <laughs> upping our games. There was a sentence you said as well when you were talking about, uh, I think, how the Premier League is the best product uh, that uh, is an export to the world. I was fascinated by that uh, sentence that you constructed. So, oh, good job by you. Uh, uh, so, yeah, uh, what do you? I just want to ask, what do you guys make of Ferran Torres' performance? Sleeper pick? No. It's not for me. I mean, he did have the chances. Uh, I'm just trying to recollect. There was a Cancelo shot that came in from uh, his side and Torres was close to tapping it in. Uh, there was also that set play where uh, Gundogan and Mares were sitting on a free kick and they passed it to Cancelo on the wing and he crossed it in. And Torres was so close to putting that ball uh, at the back of the net also. So those are the two things that are in my mind when it comes to Torres. But Gabby J could... Very, very easily play. Just I think he will. Torre. I think Gabby J yeah. will play. Should we move on to the stat? Quick stats. Have you already an R in, so we won't dawdle too much on the stats. All right, cool. It's, it's Bucker's floor with the stats anyway. So I'm, right. I'm good. So I've just got the stats for expected goal involvement across all positions up over here. You have Antonio on top with 1.64, but his XG non penalty is only 0.7. Then that's behind the likes of Traore, Mope, Calvert Lewin, Wilson. Wilson looked pretty good, I think, as the focal point of the attack. We discussed DCL's number earlier. Five shots in the box, 0.4 XG non-penalty. Mopai, you think he's an option there? We haven't really spoken about I, him much. I, I don't think so. I don't think so. We Brighton, I think, are still in the market for, for a striker. And I, I, I don't think it's it's safe to pick him. But you know what stands out from for uh, for me here is Office Traore. Look at him being so high up. He had a great chance to score. And he, unfortunately, he fluffed his lines. He... He has to work on his finishing. We had 11 uh, penalty area touches this week, and his uh, position, average position on the heat map, was was really far up, almost um, on par with Jimenez. So he's one to watch in the coming weeks. Wolves have great fixtures after game week four. So if if Traore shows some sign of form at six million, he could be a bargain. The only name I want to talk about on this list is a certain soup check. I thought he did really <laughs> well. He had uh, three big uh, chances in this game as well, if I'm not mistaken. The Cresswell one he missed by almost just inches. Uh, reminiscent of his performances at the start of last season, I reckon. His performance in this game. I thought he did well. No thoughts on Suchek? I will reserve judgment. <laughs> I will reserve <laughs> there judgment. We go. There we go. <laughs> Other numbers I just noticed over here. Ben Rama, one shot in the box. And one chance created. But I think it's very similar to what we saw with Greenwood. Just a lot of the times he was getting into good positions and his teammates weren't finding him. I think Pogba, you had mentioned. I and, think he, uh, go ahead. Torres, Torres is up there. Do you see those Torres numbers? Pretty good. Yeah, but just playing, if you're playing striker for Man City, you should at least be getting those numbers, right? In fact, you should be... And, and Rama was also, you know, the, the most uh, advanced player. That's, that's something worth noting. He was, had a higher average position than Antonio. Correct. Yeah. Anything else? Also, just one thing. One thing that we missed out when the City Spurs game, I think it's going to be very interesting which 4.5 defender emerges 
out of that Spurs team because we saw how organized uh, Nuno can make that team look. And I think Oli Skip is a huge upgrade on anybody else who partnered uh, Hoberg last season. So I'm interested in seeing who partners Romero. Is it going to be Sanchez or is it going to be Eric Dyer? I was talking to Baker, who's a Spurs fan, and he reckons that it's going to be Dyer because Sanchez is the more aggressive of the two and Romero is going to be having that aggressive role in that uh, Spurs defense. So just something worth men- mentioning. Tanganga, you tread with caution because he had a phenomenal game. I thought he was absolutely great. But does he play against the easier teams? Uh, that's something worth monitoring. Yeah. But I think that 4.5 defender that emerges out of that Spurs defense is going to be very, very interesting. Correct. And people forget that Spurs are actually involved in the European Con- Conference League. They have a game on Thursday also in Portugal. And I, going back to the centre-back topic, they were linked with Pau Torres from Villarreal. He turned them down. So they're in the market for another centre-back. So I don't think it'll be either Dyer or Sanchez. Interesting. Interesting. I wonder if Nuno changes his mind after that performance against City because I thought both were great in the game. Possibly. Let's just do a quick dive into the team data also before we move on to the next game week's preview. West Ham on top for XG non-penalty 2.25. Everton in second. Newcastle fourth. Go ahead. Zoff, I think we can skip it. I think we've covered everything that need, that's I needed. I think so, right? Covered. Nothing much yeah, to mention over there. Cool. Let's move yeah. on now to the next game week. Liverpool, Burnley, first up, Salah captain? Salah captain. And field first game, definitely Salah captain. No early kickoff curse. No early kickoff curse. I'm expecting Fabinho to start from the start, which I think is going to have a huge impact on that team because Liverpool looked better. Uh, Salah captain. Yes, Bruno, there's a case for Bruno. United actually did look better than uh, Liverpool in the first game week, but I'm not taking a chance. I'm not betting against Mo Salah. Bakar? I, I completely agree. Uh, are we having a sep- separate uh, captaincy discussion? I mean, it's the first fixture on the right it's the first fixture on the list, so I just thought we'd just hit the topic first up. Okay, sure. For me, I, I'm going to captain Salah. It's um, I, I, it's because of two reasons. Firstly, it's it's the fact that he is um, the safest choice, uh, and I think he's going to be the high, highest captain player uh, in, in the game week as well. And according to the odds, he has. Uh, superior, much superior odds uh, for a goal. Uh, Liverpool are more likely to score uh, 2.5 plus goals this this game week as well. So I think that's that's one of the reasons. The other reason I have is because Liverpool are playing at home and United are playing away. I looked uh, into some of uh, the data in in the previous seasons and uh, we mentioned this in uh, in one of our earlier pods as well. I think this is very relevant. So so I should bring it back up. Um, in, in the four seasons proceeding to 2021, on average, 56.4 goals were scored at home and 43.6 away. Um, Man United are, are following a similar pattern, who have scored 55.8% of their goals at home and 44.2 away. While Liverpool are the extreme anomaly, you know, Liverpool have scored like 59% of their goals at home, which is a lot. So in, in the seasons preceding COVID, Liverpool were scoring tons of goals at home. The last season was the anomaly where they they, they, they scored more away from home, but I expect them to revert back to the mean where they will score um, far more goals at home than the, the uh, last season. And they will follow the same trend that they were following in the four seasons prior to COVID where they were scoring 59% of their goals at home and just 41% away. Completely agree. It's not wavered from Salah. And I think Liverpool will be out for revenge after Burnley ended their home streak last season. 
Another so, point, so, 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 I just, I just sorry to cut you off, uh, Pranil. I mean, a lot of people are, are uh, basically uh, mentioning that Salah's record against Burnley isn't all that great. But but for me, when it comes to captaincy, I, I don't really look at these stats with, uh, I don't consider them with, I don't give them too much weightage, to be honest. Pranil? So you would say that uh, captaining Mo Salah against Burnley in Game Week 2 would be a <laughs> no brainer. <laughs> boom, boom, uh, boom, 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 boom. Yeah. He finally got there. <laughs> right. So, should we move on? Anything else to add in this fixture? Not much, right? Nope. So, Nala I think uh, if you're oh. if, if at all you're captaining somebody else, it has to be Bruno. And uh, I think uh, going for a city captain might be pushing it a tad bit because we just don't know with them. As much as I'm an upside chaser, we just don't have enough information in terms of how city are going to line up. Who's going to start? Uh, if KD was fit, he'd be the best captaincy option. Sterling maybe is one, but you have Liverpool, Burnley. You know what that's going to be like. You have uh, Southampton United. If at all you feel like being different, Bruno is the one to go for. But I don't think you go for a city captain. Do you guys want to do this fixture by fixture? Or should we just pick pick and choose a few? Yeah, I think Villa Newcastle has uh, FPL relevance. How do you see this game panning out? Let's just call scores. I, I see this as a 2-1 win 2-1. for Villa. I think they'll come back. 2-1. I, I'd probably go with 2-all. Uh, 2-all, yeah. This is something that Tom actually mentioned, Tom Freeman, a Villa fan. He thinks that Villa are going to be a lot more open this year defensively. Do you boys agree Correct. with that? Yes, I do. And, and, and the fact that Newcastle look fairly decent against uh, West Ham. They created quite a few opportunities. I think this will should be an open game at least. Mm. At, at home at Villa Park, they'll definitely go for the result. Palace, Brentford. I'd like to say 2-1 Brentford, but again, I would say it looks more like a 1-1 sort of thing. Could be high scoring again. This, uh, In my opinion, this is like probably uh, the toughest fixture to call this weekend. One of the toughest ones at least. I'd yeah. go with, uh, I'd probably go with one all. I agree with you, Zoff. Mm. Yeah, I, I don't know as well what to say of this game. I think I'm just uh, looking forward to watching how Palace actually do against the thing a is, team. Um, sorry, Pranil, you can complete. No, no, go on. The thing is that when, when I was looking at Palace's picture list, this is a game which is more or less must-win for them because the games after this, for the next coming weeks, are are very very hard. And this is the one fixture at home where they would expect to win and they would target as it being a you know, kind of like a must-win fixture, a very winnable fixture, as as crazy it is to say at the start of the season. But this is actually a very important game for them to win. So I don't think it would be too easy for Brentford. That's why I think, you know, maybe a 2-1 Palace win or one yeah. all something like that. The atmosphere at Selhurst Park is also supposed to be on another level. So I really do think Palace will go for the results. So I don't see clean sheets for either team in this, especially. Move on to Leeds. 2-1 win for Leeds United. I think they'll come back uh, with a bang and I'm expecting them to score a couple against Everton. But I don't expect them to keep a clean sheet. Bakar? I completely agree. 2-1 for to Leeds as well. How do you think Rafa will set up in this game? I think Leeds will obviously be very attacking, but I trust Rafa to be, if nothing else, very tactically astute. He'll know how to play around the man press. He'll know how to play in the midfield. But most of the Everton fans I spoken to last game, they weren't happy with the defence. They said that Holgate was quite nervous, not very confident. So, 
I read I'm surprised Jorge started over Mina. I'm very surprised he started yeah. over Mina. Godfrey Godfrey is a big miss, right? I think Godfrey has been one of the mainstays of the defense. They're worried about not having Godfrey for this one. Correct. Correct. Uh and uh, worth one mentioning that I am expecting Calvin to be back for Leeds United as well who's just so important in the midfield. Absolutely massive. Uh, because right? absolutely. Yeah, massive. and I you, you found that out in that United game where I think Cock who was playing in that defensive midfield role he wasn't convincing at all. Uh, Calvin is a huge upgrade in that position. Mhm. City now which now yeah. I guess how many goals they're going to win to nil by is what we're going to run a bingo on. I'll say 3-0. Uh, I'll go 5-0. Five. I'll go. I'll go three one. I think Ooh. Norwich have a goal in them because. Uh, well. Yeah, I, I didn't think. I, I thought City were fairly open against uh, uh, Spurs, and this is a conversation because you know if Pep wants to have this is a conversation we were having in the chat, Bakar, where Pep wants to start playing two proper eights in a more attacking way. Now, the reason why Delva and KDB worked was because of. the existence of a certain fernandinho now fernandinho is 5 years older now and rodri isn't fernandinho in my book mm-hmm. so uh, they were just very very attacking and they need to sort out that little bit of defensive stability because uh, if city want to go bang bang attacking again they need a proper defensive midfielder and uh, uh, fernandinho is to do the work of two people i don't think rodri is quite capable of doing that correct right so i think don't think city we've covered enough brighton watford lot of defenders one in play one nil yeah. low scoring game one nil brighton i hope you're right that's all i have to say <laughs> I, i like that you're not even giving your prediction that <laughs> you might jinx it you have to give a prediction you can't sit on the fence just see that prediction one nil to watford is my prediction <laughs> <laughs> well played well played well played i'll go i'll go one one I thought Watford were pretty good, and I didn't think Brighton looked that tight. I think Watford could score one-one for me. Southampton, Man United, three-one United. I agree. Nothing to add. I am. Uh, I am expecting a similar sort of game. Akar, I I'd go with um, I'd go with three-nil to United. Finally, a clean sheet. I think so. <laughs> Bulls. I'm so excited to see Varan. By the way, expecting him Will to come into play. Will he start? Will he start this game right away? I think so. Interesting. I thought Lindelof had a good game. Lindelof had a great game. Exactly. Lindelof had a great game, but I think he throws Varan in straight in. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So, if you didn't give your prediction, I said three-one. Three-one. Okay. Interesting. Wolves. Wolves. Spurs is the game. is the game i'm most interested in terms of scouting because i want to bring son and i want to bring in a wolves attacker in soon so this is a game i'll be watching closely uh, but i think spurs will edge it uh, just uh, by one goal this game so either 1-0 to spurs or 2-1 to spurs yep this, i think lucas is going to get some joy in this game we are all talking about son but i think lucas is going to play a big role on the counter attack Somebody to monitor. I thought he had a great game. Exactly, great game. Yeah, very so, underrated as a player as well, Lucas Moura. Sorry, Bakar. I think Wolves will win this one. Mm. I, I have a feeling Wolves will win this two-one, um, potentially two-one. Is yeah. that the only so result that we've disagreed on so far? We, yes. I think we've had draws where so. we disagreed on, but I don't think we've called Le- opposing Le- team. No, Leeds yeah, Everton. We, we saw draws, team. but not the other one with the other yeah. team. So. 
That's interesting. Yeah. I like that. I like that we have some differences. For me, 2-1 Spurs is what I'd go for. Arsenal, Chelsea. I'll go first. 2-0 Chelsea. Completely agree. Yeah. Uh, Lukaku brace. I see it happening. Uh, Arsenal used to hate playing against Drogba. And Lukaku is in a similar mould. 2-0 Lukaku brace. West Ham, Leicester. High scoring or low scoring? I had to see the thing. What happened with this fixture last season? We all expected Broads to be tight. And I remember they conceded, what, two or three goals by the 30th minute? I didn't have Lingard for this one. And this game killed me when I rank last year. I remember Nacho hauled, Lingard hauled. I had neither of them. So I have painful memories from this fixture last year. How do you think this guy, how do you guys think this is going? A fairly low scoring affair in my opinion. I think it will be a 1-0 to zero win either side. That's heartening. What do you think, Bakar? Yeah. I'd probably go with uh, with a one-all. Mm, interesting. I think if Leicester score first, it could be a very different game because West Ham would really open up and then Leicester can pick them on the counter. If West Ham score first, they're probably going to sit back, not be as aggressive. And it goes comes down to game state, like what you mentioned earlier. Yes. Exactly. Whoever exactly. goes first. Cool. Yeah, but, but what I think about it is that whichever team scores first, they are very capable of sitting back and defending. Exactly. Absolutely right. But yeah. West Ham being the home team, I think it will be more yeah. of a prerogative for them to come out if now Leicester score first. West Ham will definitely commit more men forward. And okay. that might open up Agreed. the game a bit. Agreed. Right. Do you, do you want to do a quick season ticker dive before we go on to our teams or let's just skip ahead? Let's just skip ahead to our teams. Yeah, cool. I agree. I think your team is up first with Webster, right? Yes, that's you. Yeah. I'm just going to quickly read out the team for the benefit of the listeners. I have Sanchez and Webster, double right in defense, playing them both because pot partners have said so. Uh, I have Trent in my team. I have Luke Shaw in my team. I thought Luke Shaw looked fabulous. Don't look at the result. Uh, he was very attacking in that game. In midfield, I have Mo Salah, captain. New template, LR at the start of the season is going to persist with Mo Salah, captain. Uh, Fernandez in midfield, along with Jota and Ben Rama. I'll be very surprised if Jota is in my team come Saturday. I'll be waiting for news right until deadline. I'm looking at either Grealish or uh, uh, Greenwood in. I have one million in the bank. And I have a feeling have... you'll go with Greenwood. I, I know you'll yeah. go with Greenwood. Yeah, that's the feeling. That's the feeling. He's my last boy year. as well. No, right? last, United... year, last, LR, last year might have gone for Grealish, but I think this year he's going to go with Greenwood. I don't know. I'll, I'll wait for the noises. I'll absorb all the information and see how I feel Saturday morning. And uh, up front, Ings, Antonio, Tony giving all of them another game. I thought of uh, switching Jota to Son by funding a Tony downgrade, but not really feeling it at the moment. To so you I need don't to really raise feel like... what? You need to raise 1.5, so you'd have to downgrade Tony to a dead player, right? No, Dennis. Okay. Five point, but... Yeah, so that... Okay. You're just playing with options, right? Just playing with options mm. at this time of the day. I think it's too much so of a not sacrifice. Not really feeling it. Yes, too much of a sacrifice. Yeah. Not feeling it, especially when Greenwood and Grealish offer the potential that they do. So, yeah, uh, yeah that's where I am. Uh, uh, on my bench, I have Gunn, Ailing, Gilmore and uh, Hoover. So, yeah, that's where I am. Right. I think Bakker's team is up next. Yes, Mahrez in there. Bakker. I have Sanchez in goal, uh, Luke Shaw, Trent, Semekas, uh, Mahrez, Greenwood, Salah captain, Fernandez Weiss, uh, Penrama, Ings and Tony. And that's that's going to be my 11. I don't think I'm going to be making a transfer. I'm fairly sure. Unless there's any kind of concrete news we get regarding any injury or if there's 
any kind of uh, yeah. news that Mars isn't going to start or anything like that, which I highly doubt there will be. They can't sell Mars yeah. now, definitely. I'm so jealous of that team that looks prime to perform. For all the worry that the Mares owners have uh, in game week two, I'm so jealous that they have Mares in place. Because if he starts, it could rain points. Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. My team up next, Sanchez, Shaw, Alexander-Arnold, Shemekas in defense, Greenwood, Fernandez, Salah captain, Rafinha in midfield, Ing, Stoney, and Antonio up top. 0.5 in the bank. The Benrama move is going to tempt me up till very late. I'm going to try to control myself, but FOMO might get the better of me. Let's see how that yeah. goes. So, off pod partner, hold on to it. Cool. Let's give that a go. Yeah. Right. I yeah. think let's wrap up and go jump to the QA. Yeah, sure. let's jump into the QA, guys. We're giving it uh, 10 minutes. Uh, any questions you guys have, we're uh, willing to answer them at the moment. I'll just read out the questions and push it to you guys one by one. Sure. Feel free to send in those questions. Let me also pull up the chat now. Just waiting for the questions to come on because I think the stream is delayed by about five to seven seconds. Uh, okay, Saurav Datta is asking MBUMO to SAR considering the next three fixtures. I thought MBUMO looked convincing. He looked like a really good asset. I wouldn't sell him. Yeah, Agree, SAR's, SAR's next two fixtures aren't easy. I think he has Brighton and Spurs. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. So I would hold on to MBUMO's next two are actually better than SARS. Correct. Amod Nagpur is asking us Ings to DCL. I think all three of us are happy to hold Ings given the fixture that he has game week two and they should perform better in game week two as well. Uh, Weltman update. Uh, Abhi, we don't have an update on that at the moment. Uh, we're just waiting for press conference news that will come in. Uh, by the end of the game week. A lot of Gundo out questions. Who do you think is the best uh, Gundo replacement option? Greenwood. Uh, Greenwood. All right, then. There you go. Three out of three. Mason Greenwood, best option for Gundo replacement. All three of us are on the same page here. Uh, if at all you fancy that City fixture, I don't mind you going for Grealish. I'll just say that. Grealish is probably uh, longer term, right? You think you could get Grealish starting for a few weeks with Greenwood? Is definitely a transfer out you have to do later on. Yep. Our friends FPL escapades are asking a question too. Should they bench Shaw or Barnes? Interesting one. Barnes. Barnes for sure. I just don't think um, given Shaw's upside and Southampton, Southampton's problems, I, I don't think you can bench Shaw uh, because his potential for a, a double-digit haul is, is, is bigger than that of, oh, yeah. of Barnes. And I don't see the same potential with Barnes. I guess it's also the ownership also, factor with 57% ownership for Shaw. We shouldn't count it, but that's a mammoth ownership figure right there. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, also, just worth mentioning, we forgot to mention uh, Greenwood took corners from the other side. Oh, yeah. Just some, something yep. to add when it comes to his chance creation yep. numbers. Shaw, Shaw took three and, and, and Greenwood took two. Yeah, Shaw from the left, Greenwood from the right. That's what happened. Yep. Uh, Rafinha to Ben Rama, same quantity as Zofar. I wouldn't recommend it, especially because Ben Rama plays Leicester City, who are a pretty good team. So I wouldn't do it. Somebody is asking me if I decide to go for Ben Rama, who will I sell Rafinha or Tony? If I said Tony, I'd have to take a hit. So that's something I'm definitely not doing. Yeah. Over his dead body. <laughs> Harry is asking if he should swap Dean to Regulion. Uh, no, I wouldn't do it. I thought uh, Everton posted some good defensive numbers. Do not sell Luka Dean at the moment. And also, Luka Dean plays Brighton in game week three. Brighton concede a lot of goals to set pieces. And Dean is on set pieces for Everton. So don't do it. Correct. 
we have a super chat question from ujwal chadda thank you ujwal for the question gundo replacement he already has greenwood and benrama no jota don't want jota he doesn't have the money for greenlish uh, i think you move down a price bracket i think you uh, get somebody like rafinha in place and mm. uh, but the problem with rafinha is that the potential uh, news for him not playing in game 4 and 5 sar that's tricky. i think sar is probably the one Yeah, but his fixtures in game week two and three aren't ideal. I don't think he's going to do right. Much but at I, that price. but I think at that bracket, who else is better? Yeah, I'm I mean, just looking at the tough one. Ticker. Maybe a Spurs guy. I think maybe a Spurs guy. It's more punty, right? Mura, Lucas, no. yeah, Lucas is more punty. But Saad is the thing is with Saad, the fixtures from game week four are really good, and I could see him getting something at Brighton as well because he's he's the sort of guy who does well on the counter. So exactly, I, a tough fixture is not necessarily a bad thing for him. Just want to mention that. Probably Sar for me. I don't. If you already have Greenwood and Ben Rama, I don't see anybody better in that price bracket. Correct. We have a question, another super chat question from Vish. Great pod, guys. Thank you, Vish, for the super chat. Mares and one million in the bank. Switch to Son or wait one more week. I'd wait one more week. If you have Mares and if you're selling him before Norwich at home, you're playing. I wouldn't do it. I don't want to say you're playing the game wrong, but I wouldn't do it. What about you boys? Stick. Uh, stick easy. And the, yeah. the only Make the reason, move next week. Yeah, the only reason you had Mahrez was not the Spurs fixture. You had Mahrez for this fixture. You have to back it. Yeah. yeah. And if he doesn't play, take it on the chin. But uh, FPL is always about putting yourself in the position to get lucky. And you do that with Mahrez. Uh, hold Barnes. A question from Tarun. Another super chat. Hold Barnes plus Rafinha or move to Greenwood plus Saar. Interesting. So basically, he wants to get Greenwood. I think. I think that's a priority. Otherwise, he could have moved to Sar by just downgrading either one of these guys, right? He's probably desperate yeah. to get Greenwood. I think. Yeah, he's, he's, but I, I don't think it's worth a hit. Surely. Probably yeah, not. I'd, the, I'd, I'd give it this week. I agree. All right. Uh, next question. Amir is asking: Keep or sell Bundia? I think uh, keep you. Play him for that one home fixture. See how he does, and then take a call. But take a call after game week two. Correct. Yeah. Felix Tosh is asking Inacho: Is he worth staying? No, I'd bin him. There are many more people who are much more nailed on for minutes at the moment, and you go for them. Uh, another super chat from Karan S. He has Havertz as a one-week punt, planning to go Sancho in game week two. Bruno team with Greenwood already in place. Is he doubtful after playing the friendly? Who is doubtful? Sancho. Sancho. Yeah. I think Sancho Tough. is still going to start. Yeah, I think Sancho will start, but you wait for Ole's press conference and see what Ole says. Because uh, yeah. Dan James isn't going to play. Somebody needs to come in. It could be Marshall. It could be Sancho. Marshall as well. Is Marshall, you play up top with Greenwood, right? Then Marshall could play on the left as well. Greenwood could play on. The, I think he's going to play uh, Pogba on the left. I think he was so effective he, he, last he, game in the link up. I think we were talking earlier about the midfield role. Pogba, we moved there. Yeah, Van der Beek who could play that role, right? Exactly, we do have Van der Beek who could play that role. Uh, interesting. Uh, Tesco is asking a question from a super chat. Are you worried about Son price rise this week? So, have you been monitoring the price rises? Is he close to rising? He probably, I think he's close. It all depends on how much of a surge he gets around Thursday or Friday. I mean, it, yeah. If he if he rises in price, he rises in price. It all depends on when you want to buy him. It all depends. You want the player. Don't think about price rises so much. 
it's it's worth monitoring uh, mentioning that uh, some of our listeners who don't know where you can find the fpl price changes go to fplstatistics.co.uk it's a great website for monitoring who's probably going to rise or fall uh, that day we have three or four uh, super chats one from abhishek i think you missed up earlier about maras yeah abhishek is asking uh, not able to decide on esr should he keep esr and roll the transfer or get mbomo mbomo looked good esr has two bad fixtures before they turn don't plan to wildcard game week 6 or 7 uh, abhishek if you have if your next sub playing is pretty decent then i'd hold on to esr i don't like uh, using my transfer there i'd want to use my transfers in upside positions upside positions this early and i don't I see too too much of a difference between mbomo and yes i think it's too early to judge that 5.5 million bracket you temper your expectations yep. one return in three games is good for a 5.5 million asset in attack so you wait yeah but i think he's i think the way his team is structured he has to play esr or i don't think he really has a good defender to come in so i think esr at home at chelsea i don't know has some potential but i don't i'm not too against mbomo cuz the next fixtures are against palace and villa they're not bad fixtures yeah. they're not bad fixtures at all so something to think about it's not an easy decision i think if you don't have any other priorities i do think you could end up on a positive over there if you make that move cool you heard it from zos mouth uh yogesh rupani uh dcl rings if you're buying one right now i'd say dcl, DCL. definitely okay yeah i agree if you're buying one right now dcl is the one but if you having you hold on to him Do you have right. some, next questions from mihir uh, bakar i'll come to you for this one he has benny should he sell barnes for grealish uh that's tough for grealish i do it for greenwood for grealish i i think i would just about yeah i i would too that I'd side is there for the i do it yeah cuz yeah. i i didn't think barnes i thought barnes had a pretty poor game i'm not so confident he starts this one and with grealish i'm pretty confident in the first home game he is going to get a run out wow where am i right now i just came out of the matrix in in the last couple <laughs> of minutes we have missed one i think we are from fpl spies have barnes and grealish hold or sell either hold both If you have point five for that Barnes position, I'd move to uh, Greenwood. Otherwise, hold. Like uh, mentioned earlier, I'll take the next one. Nehal is asking any plans on getting Lukaku? I think with T, I wouldn't sell any of T A Salah Bruno at the moment. You get Lukaku in around. You have to be captaining him at that price of eleven point five. He can't be a player you don't captain. And there's not not really a fixture besides Villa and game week four where you're going to do that in the next five. All right, uh, boys. I think we need to wrap up now. It's eleven. We've pushed for ninety minutes. I think it's a good time before we stretch for too much. Uh, so thank you again, guys, for being with us throughout the stream. Make sure you're liking and subscribing. It really, really helps us get uh, discovered as well. Any last words? Uh, Bakar off for another round of surgery tonight? No, no. <laughs> I, I, I'm way too tired after last night. Not, not tonight. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic guys thanks everyone for joining us i hope you're liking our new time slot and we will see All you right, again sarang we'll just answer it uh, sure. nobody else please don't send any super chats gundo to raf want to upgrade tony to antonio next week 0.5 short right now i like the move i like gundo to raf gundo to raf yeah especially if he's going to generate cash it's a decent move yeah. 
Yep, I like it. All right, that's it from us this uh, this week, guys. You will see us next week, same time, same place. Until then, take care and good luck this game week. Good luck. Good luck, guys. Good night. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.